holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with your glory. Awesome God, we bless your name this morning. We thank you because God in the midst of us is holy, awesome, glorious, faithful, ever true. We bless your name because there is no God beside you. We join the hosts of heaven to sing your praise. The 24 elders casting their crown before you. The four living beasts worshipping before the holy God. And say, worthy is the Lamb of God that was slain. Father, we bless you that we know God. We bless you because you are our King. We bless you that you have saved us from the mary clay. You have set our feet on a rock to stay. What a privilege to serve the Most High, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Ancient of Days. We bless your name because you are the all-powerful, the all-knowing, the God who gathered the old sea in the hollow of his hands. The sun and the moon bow before you. The lofty hill and the highest mountain bow before the living God. You created the Milky Way and the galaxy. You created all mankind. And so what is man that you are mindful of him? And what is man that you visited him? You have made us a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned us with your glory and honor. And out of our mouth, the mouth of infants and babes, you have ordained praise to steal the enemy and the avenger. So with a high praise of God in our lips and a two-edged sword in our mouth, you execute judgment against princes, principalities, and kings. Father, we bless you. We honor you for your gracious promises that you have given to us so that we can be a partaker of your divine nature. Thank you because we can partake in your divinity this morning. Thank you because we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear son. We have passed from death unto life. Thank you for the life that we have in Christ Jesus. The life that gives us joy. The life life that gives us hope. The life that gives us assurance that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. We thank you, Father God, for such an honor and a privilege to be on the holy altar of God to sing your praise. Thank you for the spirit of sanctification. Thank you because you have been sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. You have been made holy by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you that we are saints of God and not sinners. Because the seed of God is in us, we cannot sin against you. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting us in your beloved. So, Lord God, we count it a privilege this morning to come before your presence. To come before Mount Zion, the city of the living God. We thank you because this is the house that you have chosen for your name. 
and you have invoked your blessing you have invoked your name you have invoked your power you have invoked your glory in this house we thank you father god for the holy angels of god that surround the walls of this building we thank you because they are angels that obey the beatings of the lord and we know god of heaven as we have come before you we know we're not going home the same thank you because lives will be transformed thank you because needs will be met thank you because those who are bound will be delivered thank you for captives that will be set free thank you for the prison doors that will be opened thank you for those who will be called out of darkness into your marvelous light thank you for minds that will be renewed thank you for joy that will be fill the heart of the broken hearted thank you for direction that will come to the confused thank you for hope restored thank you for strength renewed we bless you god of heaven because you are in the midst of us and so lord god we say thank you thank you savior thank you for your awesome presence we bless you lord in jesus mighty name we are prayed amen and amen can i ask us to take our seat this morning as we dive into the word of god it's such a privilege for us to be in the presence of god this morning despite the weather we thank god that there is sunshine in the house when i saw the snow this morning there was a song that came to me is it there is summer time in my life it is summer time in my life when jesus saved me new life he gave me when it's winter it is summer in my life i love that song so when i was seeing the snow i said well it's summer time in my own life so in this house there's sunshine because jesus is a bright morning star hallelujah so we thank god for those of you who are not under the cute this morning but you have come here to celebrate with jesus and to sit at his feet to learn so your coming here will not be in vain in jesus name god will meet you at the point of your need god will put laughter and joy in your hearts amen and amen we know that this is the month of remembrance and apostle have been ministering to us about the fact that god has a good plan for us god has a plan for you for being in the presence of god this morning god has a good plan for you his glorious plan for you his plan is beyond your imagination his plan for you is beyond your comprehension you can't comprehend the plan of god because the scripture says that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts towards us are higher than our thoughts we are limited in our plans it says there are many plans in the heart of a man but the counsel of god the plans of god the purpose of god will stand forever so your plan may be restricted this morning may be limited this morning you may have short-sightedness concerning your plan but guess what big news and good news for us is that god has a big plan for us and his plans towards are good jeremiah 29 verse 11 my theme for this morning is god's plan stands forever how many of us know that god's plan stands forever hallelujah 
God's plans for us stands forever. Regardless of whether you blow your life or not, God's plans for you stands forever. Tell your neighbor, make them happy this morning. Give them this good news that God's plan for you stands forever. Hallelujah. That's the good thing. The Bible says you fill our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagle. Each time you speak good things to one another, your youth is being renewed. So that's the good news you've just keep communicated to your neighbor this morning. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. God's plan for us is to prosper. Whenever we see harm, whenever we see distress, it is not God's plan. Some people think, oh, it is my cross. God has destined me for this mystery of my life. No. If that, if the manifestation around you, it does not bring prosperity, does not bring joy, does not bring fulfillment, that is not God's plan. God's plan for you, stated by the scripture, orchestrated from the mouth of God, says his plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. His plan is to give you a hope. There is a glorious hope for your future. There is a glorious hope for your marriage. Maybe your marriage is on the rock. When we talk about the rock, we're not talking about the rock, which is Jesus, the rock. When I say he's on the rock, maybe your marriage is facing challenging times. Maybe your children are facing challenging times. Maybe you are having challenging times in your work, in your businesses, in your family life. God says there is a hope and there is a future. So his plan is to give us a glorious hope. And to give us a wonderful future. Psalm 139, verse 17 to 18. says, how precious to me are your thoughts. How vast is the sum of them. God's thoughts to us are numerous. God's plan for us are numerous. If you can count the sand on the seashore which is impossible for you to count. So it is that it's impossible for you to know the plans of God for you. He hasn't given you one plan. He has plans. And his plans are likened to the sound on the seashore. Verse 18 says, Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I'm awake, I am still with you so when you behold god's glory you can see his plans manifested in your life psalm 40 verse 5 says many lord my god are the wonders you have done the things you plan for us god has done wonders in the past and god is still in the business of doing wonders today Every one of us seated here were a wonder. We are a sign and a wonder because you are still breathing. God performed wonder for you overnight because you never knew when you sleep into a deep sleep. And all you knew is that 
the time came for you to wake up and your eyes open. That's a wonder that God has performed. You don't need a superordinary wonder of limbs growing out. But yourself, you are a testimony of God's wonders. And God is saying that ah, many, not just a few, many are the wonders you have done. Some of us see our nails growing. That's the wonders of God. You never feel the pain when the nails are growing. You never feel the pain when the air of your hair is growing. You never feel the pain about all the systems, all the things that are going on within your organs. When the kidneys are pumping, when the heart is pumping, when the liver is doing its work, you never feel pain. That's wonders of God. There are so many wonders around us that we can see what God has done. That these things you plan for us. Now can none can compare with you. Where are to speak and tell of your deeds, they will be too many to declare. This is our month of remembrance. It's not just about remembering God's promises to bring it to pass. God wants us to remember the wonders He has done in the past. The month of remembrance is a month of thanksgiving. The month of remembrance is a month of appreciation. The month of remembrance is also the month of gratitude. How many of us, since the beginning of the month of December, the 4th of December till now, have remembered the wonders of God in the past? If you are not able to remember the wonders that God has done in the past, how can you now bring him to remembrance? The wonders you need for today. God says in the scriptures, no one can compare with you. What is it that you cannot compare God with? The wonders he has done. Let's look into our own lives, the wonders that God has performed. Psalm 33 verse 10 to 11. The Lord falls the plans of the nation. It swaps the purposes of the people. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purpose of his heart through all generations. As God has a plan for us, Satan also has a plan. But good news, God falls the plans of the devil. So the plan of Satan concerning you is irrelevant. The plan of the people, maybe your boss, maybe someone in the family who is jealous about your progress, their plan for you is irrelevant. Why? Because God is on your side. And God is saying that he will foil all the plans of the wicked. He will turn them to non-effect. But he says his plans stands forever. Nobody can stand against God's plan for you. The only person who can stand against God's plans for you is you, as we have all heard. God's apostle said that from the beginning of God's plan to the end of his plan, he is in control. But in between the middle part, it is you. 
So you will determine how far or how near you want the fulfillment of God's plan. So the plan of the wicked or the plan of man is irrelevant. But the plans of God, it's the one that counts and is the one that matters. Isaiah 14, 24, verse, yeah, verse 24 to 27. He said, the Lord Almighty has sworn. God doesn't need to swear. But for you to really know that he meant what he said, he said he has sworn. Surely, as I have planned, so it will be. So as God's plan, it will settle. God's plan for you will be. God's plan for you will come to pass. God's plan for you will be established. He says, as he has planned, so it will be. And as he has purposed, it will stand. What is his plan? Verse 25. I will crush the Assyrians in my land. We know what the Assyrians, the Assyrians are the enemy of God's people. Assyrians are the ones that impoverish the life of the Israelites. Assyrians are the ones that made the life of the Israelites miserable. Assyrians are the ones who brought to downfall even the life of the Israelites. But we are the Israel of God. And God says that the plans of the enemy concerning us, he will destroy. He said he will crush them. On my mountain I will tremble it down. His yoke will be taken from my people. What are you yoked with? What are the Assyrians in your life? The Assyrians could be in form of ill health. It can be in form of distress. It can be in form of poverty. It can be in form of challenges among your children, rebellion among the children. Something that is a torn in your own flesh. Something that can bring you to fear. Those are the Assyrians in our life. And God's plan is that he will crush them. God's plan is that he will trample them under feet. God's plan is that he will break the yoke off our shoulders and he will remove their burdens. And he said, this is the plan, verse 26, determined for the whole world. Hallelujah. This is the hand that is stretched out over all nations. For the Lord Almighty has proposed or has planned and who can trust him? His hand is stretched out, and who can turn it back? God is saying that concerning the plan of Satan, concerning us, he will stretch his hand. And once God stretches his hand against our enemies, his plan is to destroy. When God's hands are stretched, is stretched out, it brings destruction to the camp of the enemy. But when God's hand is stretched towards us, it brings prosperity. So, the mindset we should have, or God wants us to have in this season, is that no weapon forged against us will prevail. Because God's hands towards us is stretched out. God's hands towards us is stretched out for prosperity, but is stretched out for destruction to our Assyrians. Isaiah 55 
verse 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's ways are are precious. God's thoughts are precious. And God is saying that his thoughts towards us, his plan towards us, his purpose for us are higher than the purpose that we have for ourselves. Are higher than the plans that we have for ourselves. Because God's ways are higher and God's thoughts are higher. But I want to go quickly to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. And that's where this uh, message will come from. Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 20. See, I said before you today, life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, And if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will be certainly destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. That will not be our portion. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witness against you that I have said before you life and death. Blessings and cursings. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God says he has said before us life and blessing, causes and disobedience, destruction or death. And God tells us what to choose. So when God has a plan for us, which we all agree that his plans for us are good, precious, and his plan is to prosper and to give us life. But we have a choice. God's laws have been stipulated. But we have a choice to make. And God has given us a command. He commanded us to choose life. So for God's plan to come into effect in our life. For God's plan to stand concerning us. We have to come in agreement with his plan by making the right choice. And God told us here that if we want to experience the blessing, we want to experience life 
I want to experience prosperity. Then there is a choice for us to make. There is some obligations that we have to keep. When God says he's given us life, he's not just given us life to breathe. Because you, mama, you can agree with me that there are some people who are living, they have life, but they do not have life in abundance. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I, God, has come to give you life and life abundantly. God does not just want to give us life for us to breathe, for our heart to be pumping, and we are just existing. God wants our life to be prosperous. God wants our life to be relevant. God wants our life to be productive. God wants our life to be fruitful. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it talks about a man who lived an hundred years. He lived a long life, but he has no barrier. He lived hundred lives, but more three, three quarter or even more than that of his life was full of mystery, sorrow, pain. That's not the kind of life that God desires. God wants us to live life to the fullness. The life that God wants us to live should be a life that will affect others. The Bible recorded of Jesus, how he went about doing good. Jesus did not live for himself. Jesus gave us a picture of the type of life that he wants his disciples to live. Jesus lived for the people. He laid down his life and it was a blessing to the people. Acts 10.38 How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth and he went about doing good. Healing the sick and delivering everyone that is oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So he went about doing good to all. Everywhere Jesus went, he went about doing good. Everywhere Jesus went, he went about doing, making life meaningful for others. When he saw the blind, he gave them sight. So the good news that he brought to the blind is to give sight. To the lame is to walk. To the deaf is to hear. For the dumb is to speak. For the hungry is to be fed. So Jesus was fruitful. What kind of life are we given? Or what kind of life are we living? If we do not live the life, we cannot give the life. It's the kind of life that you live that you can give. If you are not living a fruitful life, then you cannot make life fruitful for others. That's the life I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the life that we are existing. Thank God every one of us are existing. Because if a dead person should be here, none of us will stay. Because of these things. But we are living, but are we really living the life to the fullness? God's plan is to give us life and to give us prosperity. What is prosperity? If you are the only one prospering, Apostle always says this, if you are the only one rich in your family, then the whole family is miserable. If we were in a company of believers today, and only one person is rich, and your riches are not affecting the life of others, then that is not prosperity. The prosperity that God is talking about is us living life to the abundance. Are you prosper in your own self? 
prosperity has to do with your spirit, with your soul, and with your body. It's a total package. Not just prosperous in wealth, but you are having ill health. Not just prosperity in health, and your mind is not fruitful. Your mind is not prospering. Your spirit is not prospering. God wants us to have prosperity that will affect lives. Prosperity that will affect your life and will enable you to walk for God and do that which God has committed into your hands. So, God's plan is to give us life. And the life is abundance, good, and fulfilled life. And also, He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be satisfied. He wants us to have more than enough. The Israelites, when they were told to contribute to the first church building in the wilderness, where are they supposed to get money in the wilderness, if not God? When they were told to contribute money to build the first tent, the Bible says that these people were given and given and given and given, and they gave more than enough. That is prosperity. They have more than enough. That is the place that God wants to take us to. That we'll have more than enough. Not just in money, but you have more than enough of wisdom. More than enough of knowledge. Knowledge of this world and the knowledge of God. God does not create a child of God to be dull brain. If you call yourself a child of God... You must be proud to call yourself a child of God in a secular world. That means in your work, you are known. You are known to get things done. You are known to exceed the expectation of your colleagues or your boss. A child of God must be prosperous in all realms. A child of God should not be a beggar. The Bible says we shall lend to nations and never borrow. We will be the head and not the tail. That is the prosperity that God's plan for us. God wants us to have more than enough. A child of God should not be confused. A child of God must know the way out. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you that will tell you. When others are confused, you must know. When other people are tearing themselves into pieces and they are feeling so stressed, you must stay calm. A child of God must be calm. A child of God must be in control. Why? Because our God is in control. He says in his word, he says that in, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form or void. That could have discouraged God and said, this is nothing, emptiness. But he spoke. He was in control. What is the challenges that is going, you are going through in your home today? What are the challenges that you are going home in among your children? What challenges are you having in your place of work, in your business? You must stay in control. Because the God who is in control lives in the inside of us. That is life to the fullness. That is prosperity in the fullness. 
A child of God may not have a lot and much more, but even the little that he has, God will bless it to the maximum that he's able to give out and he's able to be self-sufficient. A child of God should not be begging for bread. It's a disgrace in the eyes of God. Disgrace. Because the God that you serve, who is your father, holds the cattle upon a thousand hill. He, is the, he says the earth is the Lord's. All the riches in the world is the Lord's. The brain of the prime minister and all his associates, they are his. The Bible says wisdom and knowledge belongs to God. And by him kings reign. By him princes decree justice. So wisdom, knowledge, understanding comes from the God of the whole world. And if we have it, we have access to that God to tap from that knowledge, to tap from that wisdom, to tap from that insight. So we must have life to the fullness. We must have prosperity to the fullness. You don't judge a child of God by what you see because there's so much treasure, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, that there's so much treasure, so much oil in the dwelling place of the righteous. We are so rich, but it depends on you knowing the plans of God for yourself. So, what are the obligations in living in God's plan? Because we need to know. What are the obligations? And the obligations are stipulated in the scriptures in the book of that Deuteronomy chapter. First and foremost, we need to love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. How measure is the love of God in you? you? Can you measure the love of God? Each one of us should be a judge of ourselves. I'm not going to judge you. Because the only judge we have is God. But you can judge yourself. And I can judge myself. How much is the love of God? The extent and a measure of the love of God that you have is the fact that you are here today. So some of, most of us fall into that category. Because some people will just stay at home over oh, the weather. Mm. I will watch it. So thank God for those who are watching online. God bless you. But for you to make that effort to leave your cozy and warmth and you step out into the snow and come here, that's another measure of love. But the love of God is I can say is someone who laid down his life. Jesus said, this is, the, this is how we know the love of God. He laid down his life for his friends. How much of yourself have you laid down for others? Our life is for others. Our life is not just me and my family and I die. That is not the kind of life that God desires. How much of your life do you lay down? Before you come to the conclusion that you will not come to church today, have you, has it occurred to you how many people see you and they are blessed by your presence? Just blessed by your presence. At least I, I wasn't in church one time. I tell you, there's so many phone calls I received. It's amazing. I said, so I, I matter. 
I really matter. So are you. You matter. Everyone matter. Everyone. You may think that you, people don't see you. But some people, because of you, they come to church. Because of you, a thought will come to their mind. Hmm, if I don't go to church today, brother, this is going to ask of me. I better just make that effort to come. And if I don't come today, this sister will not be happy. I may even actually communicate the wrong signal to this sister. And the sister will like decide to just stay at home some days. Let me just go to encourage my brother, to encourage my sister. Maybe they need my skill. Maybe they need my area of grace. Let me step out. That's the love of God. But if you count yourself, oh, me, me, nobody knows me. Then you are living for yourself. You are being selfish. Self-centeredness. The life that Jesus gave us, which is the seed that live in us, is not a seed of self-centeredness. It's not a selfish life. It's a life that you share. Many of us share Jesus and we are still sharing him today. So your life needs to be shared. The life of Apostle is being shared. The life of Reverend Omar is being shared. Your life needs to be shared by others. So how much is the love of God? If you really love God, you will read the word of God today. Because the word of God is your compass to life your manual to life you want to hear from your father if you if you love god you want to hear from him every day so if we have to make a survey how many of us just jump out of our bed and we just come to church without reading the word of god so if you really love god you will love to hear from him some say, oh, I didn't hear the voice of, I don't hear the voice of God my ears are so deaf no our ears are open because we read the word God speaks to us. When you read the word, God is communicating to you. And God is telling you, this is a lifestyle that I desire. How many of us love God? I'm talking about love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul. How many of us talk to the God that we love? Some people are so, they, they are so ancient in their marriage that they don't even speak to their partner anymore. They don't speak, husband don't speak to wife. Wife don't speak to husband. They are so ancient. When I say you are too ancient, maybe you are 10 years in marriage or 20 years in marriage. And you've gotten used to each other that you don't even speak. And guess what? The husband will be speaking to every dick and every at work. But when it comes to the home, you are dumb. You, don't, you are short of words. What love is that? If you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't show that love to your wife, you cannot show it to God. Because you see your wife and the husband also. You see your husband, but you can't see God. And that's what the book of First John is talking about. How can you say you love God when you do not love your fellow brethren? So if you are fed up of talking to each other, communication is very important in the house. So if you are fed up of talking to each other, what what love is that? So it is with God. If we are fed up of talking to him, oh, I prayed to him last week. He did not answer me, so I'm not praying at all. Oh, it's because you don't love God. Love is not about just asking and asking and asking. If I have to go, if if my own husband, I can't just say, give me money, give me. I don't want even his money. Keep your money in the bank. Save it. 
if he's give me, give me, give me, that I want, that's the only time I speak to him, then there's no love there. And vice versa. But when you praise God, you want to talk to God by just praising him. Spend just half an hour and praising God. I love him. That's to show the love of God. Obedience. If you love God, you will obey him. If you love God, it will not be difficult to pay your tithes. It will not be difficult to pay your tithes. Because God says, bring one tenth. And then you keep the ninety. How? What sense is that? If you are struggling with God for just ten pounds, and God is saying you keep on keep ninety, if you are being paid hundred pounds, what sense is that? And you say, God, I want to share that. That ten is too much for you. I want to share it. You don't love God. If you love God, you will not spite your fellow brethren. You will not look down on anyone. You will not criticize anyone. If you love God, you will not be rude to your elders. Because you will be conscious of the fact that God says, younger ones should submit to the older ones. And the older ones also should respect the younger ones. You will not treat anyone anyhow. If you really love God. Love God with all your heart. Loving God is that you are conscious of God 24-7. You are conscious of God every single minute. Every choice that you make, you are like asking God, is this right? Because your spirit will actually bear witness with you that you've done something wrong. And loving God means you will submit to God and correct your acts on the spot. Loving God. Loving God means you put God first in all your dealings. We are talking about God's plan stands forever. You want to enter into God's plans of living a life to the fullness and living prosperity to the fullness, then you need to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Two, obligation. Walk in his ways. God commands us to walk in his ways. In the book of Colossians 3, 12 to 15. What are the ways of God? What are God's ways? God's ways is his acts. God's ways is his attitude. God's ways is God's lifestyle. What are his ways? That is why Moses prayed the prayer, teach me your ways. And it wasn't only Moses that prayed the prayer in his days. The psalmist, if you read the book of Psalm 119, in most of the verses there, teach me your ways, O God. David prayed the same prayer. Teach me your ways, O God. We need to know the ways of God. Not just his act of miracle, but his ways, his attitude, his lifestyle, his character, his person. We need to know the ways of God. Colossians 3, 12 to 15 said, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, what are the ways of God? Clothe yourself with compassion. God's ways. He's compassionate. Are we compassionate? Are we compassionate? We should show compassion to the less privileged. We should show compassion to the weak. We always have the weak among us. Either you have them in church, 
either you have them at home, either you have them at work, you will always have those who are less privileged among you. Those who are not meeting up to, the, to, the, to your expectations. They don't act the way you act. God has placed, God has given you much grace, but they are still working on their grace. But are you compassionate to them? Compassion is the ways of God. Kindness. We need to be kind to one another. These are the ways of God. God is kind to us. So we need to be kind, generous to others. Humility. That's the ways of God. Jesus is humble. He humbled himself. Even though God, he was God, but he picked up the, the, the servanthoods. He became a servant to serve his own, to serve his elect. Jesus served us. Jesus served us. Are we serving others? Are we a servant in the house of God? What are you doing to serve? Humility, that's humility. You know, many of us that are sitting down here, we are great men and women because we have a father who is so intelligent there are so many intelligent people among us are doctors among us are pharmacists nurses accountants different professions, lawyer different professions i may not mention your own profession but i know you are great in your professions and in our places of work we have many people that submit to us but here some of us are servants. Some of us are choristers. Some of us are ushers. Can you imagine doctors, ushering? Hmm? Chief execs, ushering. Different professions. Architects sweeping the floor. That's the lifestyle of Jesus. Those are his ways. And that's the kind of ways we have to live. If you are still struggling with your acts of servanthood, then you are far from God's plan. That's not the kind of life. If Jesus could do it, so there's no reason why any of us couldn't. So humility is one of the ways of God. Gentleness. A child of God needs to be gentle. The Bible says the servant of the Lord must be gentle, not to strive. He must be gentle. A child of God needs to be gentle. A child of God needs to be composed. A child of God should not be a chatterbox. Everywhere, every corner, it is you talking, taking the lead. You will not allow any other body to talk. You just want to take the lead and talk. And in the midst of you talking too much, you sin. That's what the Bible says. In the multitude of words, you sin. When some people compose themselves and they only talk when they are supposed to talk and their talk is wisdom, then people want to hear them. So let's learn to compose ourselves. The Bible says even in one of the scriptures in the book of Proverbs, it says even a fool, when he keeps quiet, is considered wise for that moment. So we need to be slow to speak, quick to hear. So... Humility, gentleness, and patience. Those are the ways of God. Patience. We need to be patient and wait for the Lord. Blessed are those who wait for me. Bear with each other and forgive one another. The ways of God is forgiven. We sin against Jesus and he forgave us. How much more us? We should not hold grudge. If you hold grudge, you are just endangering your, your system. 
There's toxins that is being built into your body system. You are sending poison to yourself when you hold grudge. So we should learn to let go and let God and allow God to move in our midst. Those are the ways of God. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If anyone have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And above all this virtue, put on love, which we've spent more time talking about, which binds them all together in perfect peace. And let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. So God wants us to live a life of peace and being thankful. Being thankful. Thankfulness is something that we parents have to teach our children. Seeing some children that people will give them money and they will not come back to say thank you. Or give them goods, they will never say thank you. You need to be thank you. Because part of the perilous times event is that people will be ungrateful, they will be unthankful. And you don't want to fall into the perilous time. So we need to teach our children to be thankful. And parents, you need to be thankful. Even if people tell you, don't be thankful, don't thank me, don't thank me. Say, I'm fulfilling scriptures. Thank you. Because there is a blessing in you appreciating one another. Let's not take one another for granted. Learn how to say thank you. There is blessing in it. My time is well spent. But I'm going to conclude in this verse 3 in, in the three points obedience to the words our obligations to living in God's plan is obedience to the word James chapter 1 verse 22 to 25 said do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself do what it says do what it says. All what I'm be reading is the word of God. It's not Pastor Debbie's diary. It's not my write-up. It is God's own write-up with his engraved hands. Engraving hands. So do what he says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what he says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror. How many of us look at ourselves in the mirror today? Oh, just a few. Do you still, can you still recognize how you look like? Or you forgot it? Don't tell me you forgot it, you know, because you'll be like uh, this person who'll be holding himself in the mirror and forget. I still know how I look like, and I hope my hair is still standing the same way. <laughs> okay, so, but he said, after and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom this word of god gives us freedom it liberates us it doesn't keep us in bondage someone who is bound when they read the word of god is set them free he set them free the word of god liberates you and continues in it that's the aspect that we are lacking sometimes. We need to continue. We need to be consistent in studying the word and doing the word. Studying the word and doing the word. We need to be consistent. Whether it's inconvenient for our flesh or it's inconvenient for our flesh, we need to force ourselves to be consistent in reading the word, studying the word, and doing the words. 
so that we will not deceive ourselves, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. And he said, when you do it, they will be blessed in what they do. So we need to be obedient to the words. We don't want to just have this word in our heads. You don't want to just quote scriptures. And the scripture is not relating to our lifestyle. It's of no use. Who are you trying to, you know, impress by the knowledge of the word? I'm so much impressed with someone who knows the word and they keep it. Or those who don't even know more of the word, but the little that they know, they observe it and they keep it. I'm impressed. Those are the ones I can flop with. But if you are quoting up manner of scriptures, uh, the Bible says this, the Bible said that, Genesis to Revelation, and then the Genesis to Revelation is not imparting in your life, and you are living an opposite life, it's of no use. It's of no use. So we need to study the word. We need to be that word. We need to live that lifestyle of the word. We need people to come and ask us that there's something different about you. That have been a blessing to me, not because of the word you quote, but the life you live. And the Lord will engrace us in Jesus' name. Know fully well that God's plan for you is to give you abundant life. To give you a fruitful life. A meaning life. A life that will affect others positively, propel them forward in fulfilling their own destiny. God has a destiny for each and every one of us. But God has marked each one of us as destiny builders for other person. But we need to rise up to that task. And the Lord will empower us. Can we rise to our feet this morning? Amos chapter 3 verse 7, we all know the scripture. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Some of us have known the plans of God. Some of us are in the process of knowing what God's plan for us is. The plan of God for you. The plan of God for your husband, for your wife, for your mother, for your father. The plan of God for your children. Every child of God that is born in this house have a destiny. We always have a privilege that when we go and name baby, we speak into the life of the child. And for the wise women or the wise mother who will ponder it in their heart like Mary and write those things down and begin to pray it continuously into the life of the child, they will see the fulfillment of God's plan in their life. So some of us, we know the plan. Some of us, we don't know. But we are going to pray. The Bible says he will do nothing until he reveals his secret to his servant, the prophet. I want us to pray for ourselves, for those of you who do not know the plan of God for you. Some of you are in between two opinions. Should I do this profession? Should I not do this profession? Should I enter into, you have two appointments that they've given you the job. You don't know which one to choose. You want to pray. All your children, they have life partners. They have a life partner. Do you know if that wife-to-be is your husband, is your son's wife, or vice versa? We need to know all these things. 100% sure, not just maybe or maybe not. We need to know God's perfect will, not permissive will. You don't want to live with permissive will all the days of your life. It's a life of, it's, it's going to be a life of struggle. Whereas God has called us to an effortless life. Only if we can know his perfect plans for us. So we are going to pray that God will reveal to us. 
by visions, dreams, revelations, his plans for our lives, his plans for our home, his plans for our calling, his plans for our career, that God will reveal it to us. And for those of us who have known the plans of God for our life, let's ask God to bring it to fulfillment. Bring to fulfillment your plan over my life, the plan of God for my family, the plan of God for my children, the plan of God for my career, the plan of God for my calling, the plan of God for United Kingdom, the plan of God for this church for 2018, the plan of God, what is your plan concerning me in 2018? If I have not known it, reveal it to me by visions, by dreams, by revelation. Lift up your voice and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this message that we have heard this morning. You have spoken from your holy word and we, your children, have received it, O God, with a heart of gratitude. My God and my King, you say you will not do anything until you reveal your secret to your servant, the prophet. My God and my King, we are your servants. We are your prophets. We pray that God, you will reveal your plans to us. As many that are standing here, Lord God, this morning, and they do not know the plan that you have for them, for their household, for their children, for their husband, for their career, for their business, for their calling. Father God, ask also for their days to come. Lord, I ask that you begin to bring revelation. Begin to bring revelation. Reveal to them by dreams. Reveal to them by visions. Reveal to them by revelation. Open their eyes, O oh God, to see. Open their ears, O oh God, to hear the plan of God. Open up their hearts to know, Lord God, the plan of God for them. Bring them to the very center of your will for their life. None of us will live a confused life. None of us will live an hopeless life. But Lord, we pray that God will take us out of struggle into your perfect will for our lives, O oh God. Help us to know the perfect will of God for us. Help us to know your plan for our lives, O God. Father, you said your plan is to prosper us. Your plan, O God, Father, Lord, is not to harm us. Your plan, O God, is to give us a hope and a future. My God and my King, reveal your plans for us, O Lord. Reveal your plans for us, O Lord. Open our eyes to see your plan, my God. While we sleep at night, give us a revelation of the night. While we are relaxing during the day, give us a vision of the day to know, Lord God, your plans for us, my Father. Orchestrate our path, O God, into your plans for us. Orchestrate our ways into your plans for us. Father, you said many are the plans in the heart of a man, but the counsel of God shall stand. Father, we pray. Let your plan concerning us stand, my Father. Bring us, O oh God, to your perfect plan. Father, we also pray, Lord God, for those, O oh God, who have known the plan of God for their lives. My God, I pray that you will bring to fulfillment this plan. Bring to fulfillment this plan. Bring to fulfillment this plan. Let your plan concerning us stand. Let your plan concerning our home stand. Bring to fulfillment Fulfillment your plan. Your plan for the sick is to be healed. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you will heal everyone, O God, that is sick in this house, my Father. Your plan, O God, Father, is that, Lord, no evil plague will come near our dwelling. That is your plan for us. So, God of heaven, we pray for a many that are going through, Lord God, Father, ill health at this time. We say, Father, we break every powers of darkness that is trying, Lord God, Father, to hold them bound. And we set them free in the name of the Lord Jesus. We declare that, God, the sound health that you are desire for everyone that is sick let them receive it this morning let them receive it this morning let them receive it this morning 
your plan, O God, Father, for our children is that all our children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of our children. This morning, my Father, I pray for every child, O God, that have gone into rebellion. Today, my Father, we rebuke the spirit of rebellion, and we pray that God, you will call our children back. You will cause them, Lord God, to hear the voice of God. We pray that you will, they will be taught by you in the name of Jesus. In righteousness, our children shall be established. In peace, O God, Father God, they will know the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. They will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. They will not walk in the ways of sinners. Father, but they are delighted to be in the word of the Lord. And in the word of the Lord, they will meditate day and night. In the name of Jesus, you will manifest your grace over our children. You will manifest your power over our children. Your plan, O God, Father, concerning those who are jobless is that you will supply all their needs according to your riches in glory. My Father, bring that plan to pass. Bring that plan to fulfillment. Let everyone that is jobless in this house, O God, let them receive their job before the end of December. Open the doors, O God, Father, of their job this week. Open the doors of employment for them this week. Let this week be the week of their encounter. Let this week be the week of their joy. Let this be the week of their fulfillment. In the name of the Lord Jesus, manifest your grace over the life of every member of Christ Tabernacle. Let joy, O God, Father, be filled. Let our joy, O God, be filled. Let our joy, O God, be filled. In the name of Jesus, bring to manifestation your plan for us. Bring to manifestation your plan for us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We bless and exalt you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your name because you have spoken, and your very hand, O God, will bring it to pass. Thank you, Father, because you said this is the hand that is stretched out to the nation. Thank you, Lord, because your hand is stretched out towards us in Christ's faith tabernacle. To do us good and not evil. To give us a hope and a future. Thank you, my Father, because you will prosper the life of every member in the name of Jesus. Father God, you have declared through the mouth of your servant that this is our month of remembrance. And you said those who fear the Lord, they began to speak to one another. And the Lord heard, and the Lord listened. And a book of remembrance was opened concerning those who fear the Lord. So God of heaven, this morning, we ask Lord God that you open the book of remembrance concerning us. Open the book of remembrance concerning us. Remember us, O God, to do us good. Remember us to prosper us. Remember us to heal us. Remember us to deliver us. Remember us, O God, to make a way for us where there seems to be no way. Remember to put joy in our hearts. Remember, Lord God, to put grace upon our lives. Father God, make us to be fulfilled in this week. In this week, as we go out, Father, we will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills shall pray for before us in the singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Father, we declare, Lord God, that in this week we shall be fulfilled. In this week, you will feel our mouth with laughter and our tongue with singing. In this week, we will celebrate. Those that have been closed, oh God, against us from January, we declare it open in the name of Jesus. We declare that the jobs, our jobs will come forth. Our prosperity will come forth. You said, Lord God, we shall lend to nations and never borrow. Father, we pray, bring blessing upon the works of our hands. Bring blessing upon our businesses. Bring blessing upon our marriages. Bring blessing upon our children. Bring blessing upon the relationship of God that is created and founded by God. And raise up destiny help us across our path. 
path. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you will wipe away every tears. You will take away every, dis- every form of discouragement. And you will cause our joy, Lord God, to be full to the fullness. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We pray for those who are sick this morning. The Bible says, O oh God, that Lord, no evil plague will come near our dwelling. For you are the Lord God that healed us. Father, that is your plan for us. Your plan, O oh God, is to give us good health. Your plan, O oh God, is not for us to be afflicted with disease and afflicted with affliction. My God and my King, today, by the power that is in the name of Jesus, I break the cord of affliction. I break every cord of affliction. I break every cord of affliction. I command the pain to be removed in Jesus' name. I command every form of God of plague in our body to be destroyed in Jesus' name. We ask that God stretch forth your hand, O God, to every plague. Stretch forth your hand to every affliction. Stretch forth your hand to every disease. Stretch forth your hand to every form of infirmity. And Lord, release your perfect wholeness in the name of Jesus. You said we are a sign and a wonder. We thank God for your wonders of old. Father, today, perform wonders in our body. Perform wonders in our soul. Perform wonders in our spirit. Perform wonders in our marriages. Perform wonders in our children. Perform wonders in our working place. Perform wonders in our business. Perform wonders in every endeavors of our hands. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Let our joy be full, my Father God. Give us a testimony, my God, this week. In the name of Jesus. Father, pave the way for us. Go ahead of us. Make every crooked path straight before us. Exalt our valley. Level the mountains. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you because in this week we will celebrate. In this week we will rejoice. In this week the plan of God will fully manifest in our lives. Thank you, God. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. You could be.